1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, January 19th, 2007 edition of the Relevant Podcast, the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. Did you notice I added a Friday in there? I don't know. I just tried to I change like it the- I like mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is Relevant Editorial Crew, Editorial Director Kara Davis. Hello. Managing Editor Adam Smith. Hello. Ahoy, ahoy! Which you apparently were wrong about. And yeah. web content producer Jesse Carey. Good night and good luck. Oh, I like it. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. good. Topical. Yeah, somebody wrote in and said that um, Adam was completely wrong about yeah, his but hello you'll, thing. It a you'll notice
2: face that I, I copped to it on the message boards. I answered and said that I was corrected and humbled. Um, well, they a did, phrase we hear a lot
1: when yeah. those questions.
0: Every statement. Let out me just your clarify:
1: mouth. those two things were not proportional. You were greatly corrected and slightly. Slightly. Huh? <laughs> well,
2: he said that I should be docked uh, two points from my previous round of verses, which is all well and good, but I would like to point out that that would still put me winning verses three to two. Fair enough. So for those of you who
1: don't remember, verses was our game show that we played last year, and uh, it was like a tri- trivia quiz show. That was for all the new listeners. I just want to bring you up to speed. You know, and, and on that note, speaking of new listeners... I want, I want to uh, issue an apology to any new or long-time listeners who had to sit through last week's podcast. We do acknowledge... Does that include me? Yes. <laughs> yes. We apologize to you, Kara Davis. Yeah. Although you were able to leave <laughs> halfway Before through. Before things yeah. got really up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I hope the rest of our listeners did too, but looking at uh, some of the emails we got this week, many did not.
3: Apparently, there's a reason that we don't cover sports in the magazine. Sports
1: and oh, technology right. and play, play bad board, bad games. board games. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that was the worst part of it. I think people really didn't appreciate being subjected to the board game. Well, here's the
3: thing. I, I thought the board game was bonus. We told them, hey, regular podcast hey, ends blind. here.
1: No, we didn't we assumed people would know after feedback and all that happened the podcast was over but I think th- what actually happened was I said the best thing ever epic okay. is going to uh, happen coming up well of course well we that keep sets listening. people
2: up for something pretty big yeah. yeah
1: and so basically they listened to that awful segment thinking <laughs> something epic was going to happen and then it didn't and I, I just want to apologize yeah. I I personally would not have enjoyed sitting through last week's podcast no, I I
2: don't I think any of us did the enjoy the <laughs> sitting through
1: like yeah
3: yeah So uh, hopefully we're going to be on the upswing. Well, because we followed a week that a lot of people were like, oh, it's back. Yeah. You know? We took the Christmas break, and people thought that
1: was hilarious. Well, you know, somebody mentioned that our motto for the year should be crank it to 11 in 2007. And you know, oh, from wow. here on out, mm. we're cranking, we it, to cranking 11, it to 11. We
0: I think we have a, a winner. Little,
1: little spinal yeah. tap. We're yeah. cranking it to 11. So uh, we'll just have to, you know, call a mulligan for last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we were getting out the post-Christmas, you know, jitters and mm-hmm. depression.
3: Yeah. And uh, <laughs> working our way there through the a lot of depression in well, there. Well, here's the thing. I like to give podcast listeners their money's worth on these things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's good. Let's so, just guilt and, yeah. and and become adversarial Let's, with our <laughs> listeners. So that's, that's good. I'm good. kidding. They know that. That's
1: good. We appreciate you listening. We do. And please do. continue to, and we apologize for last week. We will do better. That's true. That's, no more moral that's, that's the story. technology. Yeah.
3: From now
2: on, we will play far better board games. <laughs>
3: like Battleship. Yeah, this week D7. we're playing Battleship. <laughs> nope, nope. Nothing there. You can play along
2: with us. If your entertainment
1: releases coming out in theaters tonight, Friday the 19th, Ooh. <laughs>
2: Sorry. <laughs> it gets better every time I hear it.
1: <laughs> we have The Hitcher with um, a bunch of people I've never heard of. Is Sean this Bean in it? it? Yes, he is. Yes.
2: Playing an horror evil film? person? Yeah.
1: yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. It's A uh, Waking Nightmare. Boys, well, why why is January there? the month for crappy horror movies? Uh, the Buzz attaches... I don't know what website you got this from, but it's IMDB. Said, the Buzz says, it's about time for another horror flick. <laughs> <laughs> it says we we haven't been this scared since we saw the Norbit trailer.
0: Maybe um, maybe at times the DVD release around Halloween or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ah,
2: astute. Also astute coming out
1: is the Dead Girl uh, starring Brittany Murphy
2: and others. Is that going to be terrifying? I really don't know. It has to do with it. troubled
1: young women. <laughs> The stories of five seemingly unrelated people might, just might lock together to reveal the circumstances surrounding the death of a young prostitute. They might, but it turns out they don't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they actually don't solve anything.
1: And then uh, the good German with uh, George Clooney and Kate Blanchett and others. It's post-war Berlin, and
3: this one's go. actually oh, supposed to be pretty go. good. Steven Soderbergh, who he does. He has such a huge, crazy catalog of movies. I mean, most people are probably familiar with him because, like, Ocean's Eleven, but he's actually done some really cool films. Not that Ocean's (laughs) Eleven... Not that the... And he did Ocean's Twelve, and he's doing Ocean's Thirteen. I'm sorry. I like the Ocean's movie. No, no. I'm not saying those aren't cool, but I'm saying he he got his... uh, He did a lot of, like, really smaller, interesting stuff before he did blockbuster mainstream films, too. By the way,
1: if I just saw Ocean's Eleven again, it was on TV over Christmas... That thing holds up.
3: It really does. It really is really well done.
1: Complex script. It's Mm -hmm. easy. I mean, it's easy to follow, you know what I mean? It's not like Memento where people are like not Mm -hmm. sure what's going on until the end. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool. It's very complex, incredibly well thought out. I always look for logical flaws like, yeah, whatever. They really
3: had a very good script. Have you seen seen the trailer for 13? No. It, it's uh, They don't give too much uh, away about the plot because they just kind of show, once again, their amazing ensemble cast. But actually, Andy Garcia is on the side of the uh, guys this time. That makes sense. It's a little twist this yeah. time around. Ocean's 12, I thought, left a little to be desired. Oh. You Julia know? Roberts looking like Julia Roberts. Yeah, that Ocean's was, was the lamest much. thing ever.
2: And uh, then, you know, they always, at the end of Ocean's 11, they give away this amazing plot and you're like, man... What kind of brilliant person would think of that kind of heist? And then Ocean's 12, it's like, well, they just shoplifted, essentially. Mm -hmm. That was like the whole heist. Like, look that way. And then they just took the guy's bag. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) What's up with the TV show that's a takeoff of that? I can't think of the name. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. It's like a mock Ocean's 11. But the thing is, Ocean's like. Mm -hmm. All that writing was so self-deprecating and it was so, you know, wit and humor and all that. Right. So if you try to do a mock one, it's like, yeah. you're just not funny.
3: Yeah. Because it's like funny a podcast. <laughs> well, oh. it's, it's funny when you see like Brad Pitt and George Clooney ragging on each other because mm-hmm. they're Brad Pitt and George Clooney, but it's just two TV schmoes. Like our podcast,
0: it came on yeah. right before the new show in case of emergency that John Favreau is doing. Oh, uh.
3: you're talking about the Knights of
2: Prosperity?
0: Yes. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. wait. That actually, that's
2: actually gotten some pretty, pretty decent reviews. Look, pretty funny. I'm I too going yet, but I haven't seen it yet. I mean, they're robbing Mick Jagger. That that in and of itself is funny.
1: That's actually going to be the was the original name of the
2: show? Yeah, let's let's rob Mick Jagger or something. Yeah. Uh, originally, they were going after Jeff Goldblum because they just thought it was so random and so funny. Like, who would rob Jeff Goldblum? That's so awesome. they just... But I guess his schedule didn't work out for it. <laughs> Jeff what? Goldblum? And the,
1: pres- yeah. Yeah. the
0: president... the Did of do another Jurassic movie?
2: <laughs> yeah. The president of
1: ABC is actually the one... Who suggested Mick Jagger And he was like personal friends And he made it
2: happen Wow So doesn't that just reek of like Corporate getting involved Mm -hmm. Yeah And And Jeff Goldblum would have been funnier Just because it's so bizarre
3: Like why would we target Jeff Goldblum Exactly I saw him on uh, The Jamie Kennedy experiment And he was so weird Like he was weirder than Jamie Kennedy And Jamie Kennedy was in character
1: You
3: know Jeff Goldblum's character was Jeff Goldblum
0: That's awesome (laughs) <laughs> Maybe he can be our new Gary Busey.
2: We just pick on Jeff Goldblum
3: from now on. Yeah, yeah. Je- Jeff
0: Goldblum. I like him. Can,
2: I like him. But can anybody do a Jeff Goldblum? All oh, you have to do is stammer. Like, uh, well, um, see, the uh, <laughs> interesting thing about that is that's, that that's um, Jesse in our I'm web meeting uh, a few minutes ago. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I remember I'm Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum and I hope LaMert you don't rob and me. Shirley. <laughs> really? Yes. yeah, but, Was he Squiggy? No. Michael McKean he was still was, very
0: tall Back was, then
2: Was Michael McKean I would squeaky so. or Lenny <laughs> I would, I would. He, he hit a big growth Spurt it. around 40 <laughs> Yeah I would assume If he was on the show After the
1: age of 18 He'd be tall <laughs> <laughs> Alright Coming out in stores CDs coming out in stores On Tuesday The 23rd We have a, a few here Some really good ones Yeah of, Finally Of Montreal with Ooh. Hissing Fauna Are You the Destroyer good stuff um, Piebald with Accidental Gentleman great who's album who's in
0: the new issue
2: yeah new and that right. album is pretty great so check it out
1: The Good, The Bad, and The Queen coming out with The Good, The Bad, and The Queen that is super highly so excited about that yeah, it's a super group
0: <laughs> you lot guys lot of are like, in there. Yeah, no.
1: You guys are like just saying the same thing about everything. You're like, hey, you guys a, are saying good week. Sick. <laughs> it's yeah. a good week. Yeah, well, I mean, we're excited about
3: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you you guys are like one person. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Get off his lap. We never finish each other's sentence. sandwiches.
0: <laughs> sandwiches. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right.
1: The shins with wincing the night away. I love these titles. These indie yeah. pop bands, I tell you. The brothers Martin, um, with the brothers Martin on Tooth and Nail, and Dustin Kinsru, the lead singer from Thrice, with his solo debut called Please Come Home.
2: And it is a fantastic album. It's not all what you would expect. Like it doesn't sound like Thrice at all. It sounds almost has kind of a Ryan Adams, uh, Bruce Springsteen vibe to it. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's it is a country. Really album. good. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Cash. Johnny, yeah, a little bit of Lyle Lovett, maybe.
0: <laughs> I wonder if people know even the difference between Adam's and Jesse's voices.
2: They think it's one person
0: yeah.
3: just talking,
2: <laughs>
1: saying weird fragmented sentences. <laughs>
0: When they see our picture Adam on the that Jesse website, guy is weird. They're like, "Who's that fourth guy?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> know of three. They think it's just a combined name. Like, well, Billy it, apparently, Bob. all of our male voices sound the same because I get accused of Jer- Gary Busey jokes. <laughs> That's hmm. true, and I don't say them. That's usually Jesse or Adam. That's true. That's or true. Just Adam. <laughs> 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 all right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Go be fruitful and multiply. Up next, slices. You're listening to Kill Switch Engage. The song is called My Curse. It's wow. playing right now over at Relevant TV. And at the beginning of the podcast, you heard the featured video this week at Relevant.tv. It's called it's, uh, it's Wolf Parade with the song Modern World. So go over and check that out. The all new, spectacular Relevant.tv. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to clarify, I ended the last segment with an inspirational phrase, and I'm going to try and do that with every yeah. segment of this podcast. A good life credo. Works to live by. It is all right, and now with slices. Even though Adam and Jesse or just Adam uh, look like they're ready to go, Kara goes first. So, and now with slices, here is Kara Davis.
0: It looks like the presidential race is heating up. Of course, we have John Edwards who made his announcement that he's running for president in New Orleans, and this week Barack Obama formed an exploratory committee to, to raise funds, and um, he's he's to make a formal announcement in February. And there, of course, there's yeah. speculation that Hillary Clinton will do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and then we've got uh, John McCain and uh, Mitt Romney. From and the Republican side yeah. Giuliani. Let's, let's not forget the political powerhouse that is Iowa Governor Tom Vilsack. <laughs> he's throwing his hat in the ring. <laughs> and I want us all to remember that he's probably just gonna roll through those primaries. Yeah,
0: yeah other than that guy, like I don't ever remember there being a, a season like this where so many big name notable people are uh, putting their
1: and, um, hats in the ring. I don't think you guys mentioned Rudy Giuliani.
0: Yeah, he just, yeah. just, yeah. He just said did, that I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. I was in a meeting recently with a bunch of pastors and one of the things I heard them mention, and I thought this is really funny, was that this year that the church and Christians need to be very discerning because every candidate is going to be a born-again Christian.
0: <laughs> right, right, They will.
1: Yeah. yeah, very possible. You know, I mean, like, they will come out and make it a major platform issue to court the church. And so these pastors are like, listen, you know, you can't just take people out there where you need to mm-hmm. look at their record and their voting record and the issues that they really do stand for. I thought that was just... I thought it was interesting because it is dead true. Yeah. Whether you're talking about Clinton or Obama or you're talking about Giuliani or McCain. John McCain, yeah. who none of those
2: four you know our their policies are clear cut you know uh well here's the interesting, thing. I just think it's interesting. here's yeah. the interesting thing is we're actually getting a lot of
3: much more centrist candidates yep. except yeah. for Mitt Romney right. um, and, and I, I, do, do you know do you know if brownback is is officially going to run
1: i i mean there's rumblings and now yeah. he would be senator brownback from kansas right Yeah, uh, he
3: is a serious serious yeah. like far right wing very serious christian I mean, and you can't get more as far as politically conservative as Brownback. You
1: know like, what's interesting? You know, we did an article on The Cause in our last issue, the News yeah. issue. The Cause in DC, they, they're it's a Right to Life uh, movement where they're praying about the overturning of Roe v.ersus Wade, and they're making a stand visually at the, and it's and it's really headed by a guy named Lou Engel and is an
3: awesome guy.
1: Yeah, he's he is a he's a B12 shot of passion. I mean, like you're around him for 5 minutes and you feel like you're doing nothing with your life. <laughs> and he is I mean, he's just focused on right now uh, uh, abortion. He just feels like, you know, you're murdering babies. Anyway, so I heard a story he told that he ended up he got an apartment in DC. I don't know if it was last year or the year before or whatever. Uh, to go and start kind of getting uh, the movement started, the cause up in D.C. And uh, about a month after he moved in, his landlord calls him and says, um, one of the other tenants in the building has had to evacuate their apartment because of some damage. Do you mind if they temporarily like room with you while we refurbish it? And he said, no problem. It was Senator Brownback. Hmm. And he ended wow. up being Senator Brownback's roommate for nine months. Hmm. Wow, Lou Engle and Senator Brownback. <laughs> Wow, yeah, Lou, Lou having
3: <laughs> cool. I I can't well, imagine living with Louisville. I, I back, um, you know when he did the call DC, which was one of his first big events. I, I was in high school at the time, and Archer, did you go? Yeah, I, I, I was went, there. I was part of like a volunteer thing that our youth group had set up. But anyway, a group of us went to go uh, kind of hang out with Lou and some of his team for a day months before the event. And it was like being, have you ever been around someone who's just spiritually on a whole different plane? Yeah. You know, he just, the way he carries himself and the way he talks. And it's almost like even how he engages you in a conversation, you get the idea that this guy, like I said, is just spiritually, you know. I mean, the whole, to hear his story of how
1: the call came to be and how the Lord really spoken to them and and then how just really supernaturally it just came together i was there and there's no exaggeration of statistics there were well over three hundred thousand people 16 to 26 there it was it was awesome it was a day of prayer worship and uh, intercession on the mall in dc and that's all it was no agenda Hmm. they didn't publicize one big name person to be there people just came to worship and pray that's it Hmm. Then it shifted out of the call events into the cause, which is like outwardly living and tangibly like living out this thing, you know. And so this cause organization has a number of initiatives. We did this story about it. There's a number of places around the country that they have kind of bases and they are, they're trying to impact, you know, these hot spots and these kind of acupuncture points. And now uh, he's in 2007 doing another call event. It's
3: uh, July 7th. Seven seven zero seven in uh, in Nashville of all places. Mm. Yeah, wow. Mm. And, and, and not to That's get powerful. too Christianese, but as far as like like real prayer warrior, I mean, everything he does is through prayer. Like this isn't a guy. The word prayer isn't Christianese. Well, I well, prayer warrior. Oh, you know gotcha. what I mean? Like yeah. uh, for if people aren't familiar with,
0: I think prayer for so many of us is sometimes like the last resort or. You know, if somebody gets a diagnosis and there's nothing left for the doctors to do, well, all we can do is pray, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that tends to be our, our he, approach to prayer. And
1: mm-hmm. he's a pray to mm-hmm. initiate change, you know? And it's like, then you walk out the prayers. You live out the prayers. You put your money where your mouth is. But, but the prayer thing, prayers first, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, I, I mean, if you read that article that we did, I mean, there are people moving and kind of like trying to raise funds and just move there to serve and they don't just stand around and pray like, you know, and do nothing. Right. They are take action type people and mm-hmm. they're serving and trying to get word out about causes that they believe in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so much about our generation that, you know, we want to, we're tired of wimpy surface level Christianity. We want to live a kind of revolutionary faith that is a faith that's kind of worth dying for, you know, so we can live for it, you know, and... You know, then you see people like Lou Engle and, and others, Cheon, and some other ones, that that are doing radical things, you know. And it's just really cool that we get the chance to interact with them. But, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that they're doing another call this year um, is a pretty significant thing. It's been seven years.
0: Do you know uh, where if people are interested in, in going where they can get more information?
1: Yeah, if you go to com, it has pretty much all the information uh, about The Call Nashville on July 7th. Uh, ways you can mobilize. Uh, it's a Pray for 120 Days. It has a thing uh, there. You can just help get word out, get involved if you want to, um, or just attend. I, I don't think it'll be as big as the Call DC, mm-hmm. but I think it will be still
3: be a significant uh, gathering
1: together of people our age.
3: Uh, very cool. cool. Yeah. But I, I know that was kind of a rabbit trail going from the whole presidential thing, but that is crazy, just thinking about a guy like him and such a seasoned... Uh, you know, conservative. Senator, Senator yeah, We're living crazy? together. Yeah. yeah, I like it's to like think the of odd them couple.
2: liking and arguments <laughs> yeah. about like, you know, Brownback. You ate all my Cheetos again, <laughs> yeah. something like that.
3: They're like up uh, playing Madden, like late at night. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wolsey, <laughs> hanging out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, literally, yes, he's
3: like <laughs> yeah.
2: going to come by later. He's going to do some crazy stuff. <laughs> Wolsey's like the Kramer. <laughs>
3: yeah, Wolsey's coming over. He's bringing some ZA. We're just going to chill out, and play some Halo.
2: Woolsey's we're, we're got Frank his own Colin.
3: Xbox. We're going to link them together. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're prank calling John Edwards. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's so gullible.
0: And if they would play Left Behind.
3: <laughs> yeah. Not <a> left. <laughs> Multi- <good>. player, yeah. <laughs> play Multiplayer, yeah. Multiplayer Left Behind. I got a crazy game of Left Behind. Stop no screen ones. looking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Screen hacker. <laughs> That's all that to
3: say. Yeah. <laughs> Vote. 2008. <laughs> yeah, get educated because like you, like we just brought up, there are so many mid candidates that are in the middle, yeah. either you know Republican or yeah. Democrat. So
1: I think it's funny uh, somebody uh, at at this meeting who was not a pastor, who was more in the business community, uh, brought up this point of you know it's so hard when you have Christians involved in politics because the pulpit is an area of no compromise. You know, it's it's black and white. There's truth and there's deception. Um, where politics is the art of negotiation. Mm-hmm.
0: Right.
1: Who would win in a fight between a bear and a shark? Well, it depends on where the fight takes place. Right. That's the allegory about church and politics, where it's like if uh if if you try to negotiate and compromise in the church <laughs> it's bad but if you try to go into dc and and legislate uh christianity without compromise you know and and basically if you blacklist every person who has ever voted against your checklist and you don't work with others to accomplish a larger goal it won't it'll be completely ineffective yeah. you'll marginalize yourself so, somebody talked about the fact that the interesting thing is there's so many centrist uh, mm-hmm. candidates who do claim a Christian base of some sort, or faith of some sort, that it's so important this year, that or this election season, you're going to have to be discerning about who you really want, who you trust will be, um, seek God for key decisions, and really is... is um, equipped and, and to use a Christian term, anointed to be a leader, not just that they've towed the party line and they can check off all the correct things, but they really are anointed to lead um, and and that they have a godly fear about them and a godly reverence um, when making those decisions. So, you know, you may disagree on some points, but, you know, so so this, yeah. this person brought up the point of Christians, maybe we need to look outside of just our kind of extreme candidates that, that will not... America won't follow, you yeah. know, or, or, you know, and we try to elect somebody who uh, maybe we don't completely agree with, but we think that at the root of it, that they do have a good heart and that they do want to follow God.
3: Well, e- even the, this week in the 850, we're running an interview with uh, Joel Hunter, and he just he just wrote a book that talks, it's a uh, right-wing wrong bird that talks a lot about these kind of ideas in Christian politics, but he said something um it was really interesting that was kind of talking about, he was debunking myths, and it said, if we just elect Christian leaders to office, everything will be okay. And that was a myth that, he you know, he said that it's important not just to, it, to factor in also competency, you know what I mean? Like, he, he said, yeah, obviously, you want the the person's politics and morals to, you know, uh, align with with what what with what we believe, but at the same time, you got to make sure it's someone who's going to do a good job, and like you're saying, is a good leader that people are going to follow. And he said, you know, if you have a brain surgeon, you want the person if you you want the person that's going to perform the best surgery. Not you know you don't look at where they go to church, yep. you know, which it's a little bit different, but at the same time, you have to look at their ability to lead. Yeah, it's
1: interesting, and uh, there are a million different opinions on this topic. And uh, we're not purporting any one candidate over another, nor mm-hmm. will we. But um, there's definitely pros and cons to everybody stepping up to the plate. And I think it's going to be a very interesting political season.
2: Tom yeah. Vilsack.
0: <laughs> the only not known person.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, kind of
3: along those lines, um, we, we, they, we talked about the um, Evangelical Climate Initiative a, a little while ago. But recently... There's been a lot of evangelical leaders that met in Georgia with some major non-Christian scientists to discuss um, what to do about the environment and global warming and kind of have pursued an active relationship with each other. And I mean, these guys, they're, they're scientists that are Nobel Prize winners. Um, you know these guys are professors at Harvard, meeting with evangelical leaders to strategize ways to get people involved in environmental causes. Uh, it's interesting because now, um, you know, this just came out last week. and this week, a lot of people are talking about uh, the upcoming President Bush is going to make a, a speech, and, and a lot of people are saying that global climate environmental issues will be will play a major role in the State of the Union. Yeah, on January twenty third, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so interesting. it's interesting that that came out at the same time that these evangelical leaders are, are now you know, aligning themselves with. They wrote the yeah. speech
0: for him in Georgia.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> well, actually what they're meeting for.
2: Another interesting thing that plays into uh, climate change and the environment is uh, the scientists who take care of the doomsday clock. This is a clock that was created in 1947 to kind of warn the world of the danger of nuclear weapons and whatnot. And uh, They'll move the clock backward or forward based upon how close they think we are to annihilating civilization. So it's a pretty happy-go-lucky job. But they they moved the uh, clock ahead for the first time since 2002. Uh, Moved it two minutes closer to midnight. Uh, It's now five till midnight. On the doomsday clock. And they said that part of it is that they say we stand on the brink of a second nuclear age with North Korea's testing nuclear weapons and Iran testing nuclear weapons. But moreover, that global warming poses a dire threat to human civilization that is second only to nuclear weapons. H- who funds the doomsday clock? Um, Stephen Hawking. Let's see. It, well, Stephen Hawking is actually uh, a member of the board of sponsors. Of so the Doomsday Clock, so he does fund it. Um, but it was started at the University of Chicago um, by University of Chicago scientists who had actually worked on developing the first nuclear bomb. So,
0: and five and the position closer. has changed, you know, over the years, back and forth, back and forth. But the closest it's ever been was in 1953. It was two minutes away from midnight when the U.S. and Soviet Union tested thermonuclear devices within nine months months of each wow. other. It was furthest away in nineteen ninety one. It was seventeen minutes to midnight at the end of the Cold War.
2: It's huh. a good place to be Still feel like you can get some good sleep and wake up rested <laughs> and refreshed the next morning. Well, I have one that
3: is a little bit more upbeat here.
0: Uh, <laughs> what does it matter? We're all going to die. Yeah,
2: we're five minutes away from death, Jesse. Can you get done that amount of time? <laughs> well, this will be a, the world's shortest podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no one will know and no one will care. Like, yeah, yeah. Didn't you guys watch 24 or two? <laughs>
1: <laughs> A nuke went off. Spoiler we alert. D- we, don't, we don't talk about 24 on this show. <laughs> okay. Good to know.
3: <laughs> and, and I don't got anything else. To yeah. <laughs> there goes my slide. Yeah. Mine was just a recap of the, <laughs> the, the four-hour season premiere, which I was going to do in real time. You
0: did distill it down to me in about two minutes. Yeah. It was impressive. Uh, yeah,
3: it, pre- it was. So if anyone wants a, a, uh, you know call me on my cell phone sometime, I'll let you know what happened. Your number is? I will choose not to give that. <laughs> if you really want my phone That's number, you can promise. email me and make sure you're not, you know, some kind of crazy person. <laughs>
1: so, um, see anybody that would mail email you for your phone number is some sort of a
3: crazy person. Yeah, emails me for my phone number to talk to, with me about 24.
0: <laughs> you would do that to you?
3: I probably would because I love 24. But but you wouldn't give you your so <laughs> <cell phone. laughs> not right. this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so
0: confused. Yeah,
3: back to the slice (laughs) at hand. At 59smartorgs.com, they have this project called Org 2.0. And basically what they do is they have ranked the 59 smartest online organizations. And they're primarily social justice and charity organizations. Uh, I'll go through a couple of the notable ones here. And number one is an organization called Kiva which you can actually look at different entrepreneurs in developing countries and personally sponsor them and to help them kind of get their their family or their communities out of different sort of debt. Basically, the list goes through these organizations and tells how they've utilized online marketing and online initiatives to further their organization. Amnesty International is actually number two on the list. They, we get
0: hate mail about them.
3: Really? I find their website very confusing. They run a lot of uh viral video campaigns and also empower uh bloggers, Product Red. They've they ranked at number 5 just because of it's a crossover between retailers, celebrities and, and just a lot of interesting
0: good old fashioned fun.
3: Yeah, exactly. You can you can buy <laughs> things and feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> the center for That's my definition of old fashioned fun. <laughs> buy things and feel
1: good about it.
3: <laughs> buy American iPods. Yeah.
1: Wait, can can I can I you said goodbye an iPod. I somebody emailed me this week about the fact that I want an iPhone. And that how dare you say the word uh, it's good stewardship you know because I'm <laughs> sure the money you would save would go to third world aids and can I just speak to that for a second how in the world is like if I save money if I don't send that money to Africa I'm not being a good steward of the resources God's given me is that that's what that person was saying essentially it is such a black and white unrealistic and I think decept- deceived line that people try to draw that if if you spend more than X amount on something that's not Africa then you're wasting God's money.
0: I mean, as Americans, our lifestyles we, are, we already have so much more than the majority of the world. I mean, it's not like, you know, not buying a bunch of gadgets doesn't make a difference, but it is about being the steward of what you've been given. And so it's, it, you just can't take one item and say... Well, you can't buy that because you're not right. being a good steward. Yeah,
1: and it, I think it's also Shooters. how would you use it. I mean, is it, is it just luxury waste? Is it, or is it something that it's a, a tool that you can use?
3: Yeah, and the, it's a tool I, I can use. I so think, you know, back off. I, I think that I think that's the thing is that you know people have to make their own personal decisions, especially because we're we're very actively involved in uh, you know communications and media, and something like that could be a very effective time saver tool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: And they say and, you can choose to bow at the feet of Steve Jobs, but I will choose not to. That's how they ended the email.
2: Yeah, that's pretentious. That's. Completely
1: pretentious and judgmental.
3: Yeah, Uh, Yeah. he's the PC guy. That's who it is. Um, (laughs) He he wrote in (laughs) now, and I think I think it is a good. (laughs) <laughs> him like listening to you know like why, why would he listen to a podcast though he's a PC guy hey, sorry, that's Adam. a
0: waste of his listening to his podcast is a waste mm-hmm. of his time he could be volunteering at the local homeless yeah, shelter that's
3: right
1: yeah I and mean that's, he a, was with that's the slipper, yeah. that's a slippery slope <laughs> yeah. here I think it's a I think stewardship is both a heart thing and a yeah. literal
2: thing. and part honestly like Jesse said part of our jobs uh, are like keeping ourselves aware of current media and so Essentially, we're, we're going to have iPods, we're going to have cell phones, you know, we're going to have computers. This device combines those. Like, like, into, and, like,
1: and like somebody who lives in New York would have to dress a certain way or spend more money on clothes than I would. I'm not going right. to judge them. And they may, not,
0: they may not have a car. That would be a luxury yeah, right. for them. They go. don't yeah. need
2: it. And now, I don't know if you saw the Conan O'Brien piece, but no. it's, uh, it's also an electric razor. It's a hand grenade. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a condiment dispenser. Um, it's a treadmill. Wow. It's for a very uh, fake sideburns. For a hamster. Yeah. What it's, it's fake sideburns. Oh, I like um, that. Yeah. So, I mean, it serves so many functions. Yeah, how could you not? Come yeah. on. It's a sonogram. <laughs> So.
3: Well, anyway. Uh, Don't defi- cut down on your doctor's bills right there. <laughs> back yeah. to the list at hand here. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> keeping us back on track. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, 59smartestords.com once again. And I know a lot of listeners are not only interested in social justice, but unique ways to get involved. And even with Relevant Nation, we saw a lot of people taking unique steps. So uh, you can check it out for some other good ideas like. Um, Oxfam America got recognized because they had their Starbucks campaign and also they they got on board with MySpace to do Rock for uh, Darfur. Also, even like the Sierra Club, uh, World Vision was actually recognized because of their podcast. So, check it out. It's a it's a lot of different, you know, like I said it's like 59 different organizations that all have unique things that that made them successful. It's an odd number to pick yeah 59 really is but i thought it's cool just because you know like i said they're not only recognizing people that are doing and organizations that are doing good things but they're they're going about them in unique ways and really you know utilizing technology so it's cool list
1: all right well i guess that'll do it for slices up next your feedback You're listening to Richard Ashcroft. The song is Break the Night with Color, but he's British, so it's C-O-L-O-U-R. Color. Color. So,
0: not related to John.
1: No, he's not really the John Ashcroft, the former attorney
3: general. <laughs> he's actually the former yeah. frontman for the Verve. Correct. So, Not the Verve pipe. Not the Verve pipe. Not the yeah, Verve. that was a
0: confusing yeah. time in music. It
3: really yeah. was. <laughs> I'm sure you're glad both those bands are gone.
1: And neither of those were the ones who did the Discovery Channel song. I just want to clarify that. It was the same year. Uh, you and me, baby, we're nothing but mammals. So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. That was the Bloodhound Gang. That was Bloodhound Gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just want to clarify.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: appreciate was vertical the horizon around the same time.
2: Yes, uh, the, yes
1: the, they they're a little bit later than the. I mean, oh no, no, no. The yeah. Verve Pipe, it was like the Verve Pipe, and then the
2: Verve came, and then uh, the Vertical was, Horizon came. That was like '97. Yeah. Verve Pipe and the Verve. Now Vertical Horizon it was '98. Well, then, it was a little bit late. But they Who are all the overlapping. Time.
0: Okay. Who did the cl- closing Semisonic. time? Simisonic. Simisonic,
2: yeah. Oh, that was 1997. That. Yeah. Know, maybe it was And 96. that was
3: actually, all those bands are sort of one-hit wonders. The Verve is actually still still really big in the UK, even mm. though that was the only song here. But Simisonic actually had another single, lesser known, before closing time, which was Fascinating New Thing. Oh, not opening time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been a Happy good bookmark hour. to their career. Yeah. <laughs> Opening time and then they their last big hit is close. You know, they time. actually had a greatest hits album, which I thought was funny. No, it was, was just like, one track. Yeah, it was a single. <laughs> just it was a single Cl- release. Yeah. <laughs> they had a bunch of different versions. The the freshman, I remember the Verb pipe, mm-hmm. had an album that had mm-hmm. like ten different versions of that song. Mm. See, when
1: I was at Seven Ball magazine. May it rest in peace I had an editor <laughs> there Named Chris Well it was a very very funny man And he Wrote an album review The best review I ever read in my life And I don't remember The name of the band But it was The greatest hits album And it was a One line review And it said I would have thought this was a blank disc. Wow!
0: <laughs> it Genius. Was,
3: it was incredible. We he, learned
0: everything we knew from him. Well,
3: didn't I, my favorite review from you, Cameron, of all time? What was it? Oh, Lily, Lily pads, pads and, and periwinkles. Lily pads and
2: periwinkles. <laughs> we, <laughs> we won't, won't say, say who, who that was for. But, but that was Cameron. No, review it wasn't that. Album. I said, "Well, <laughs> We had just talked to someone, yeah. and a, a lot of there wasn't a lot of depth. And you said, "Well." That's not surprising. The album was all lily pads and periwinkles. There
3: you go. <laughs> what a great! What, I, I wish that was like on the sticker. <laughs> Relevant Magazine says this album is all lily pads and periwinkles. <laughs> Isn't there Appleseed cast song called Patchwork and Marigold? That reminds me of that. <laughs> Lily pads and periwinkles. Yeah. That would be a great Appleseed cast
2: song. <laughs> well, should we read some feedback? Uh, yeah, the, the, the,
1: the question last week, what was it?
0: What invention, invent gadget. what gadget
1: would what, you invent? Yeah, what gadget, what invention would you, would you do? And uh, and Adam suggested a combination
2: gadget. You yeah, know, that you can yeah. If two you things combine exist, a few gadgets, yeah. then that's a new gadget. Even if you just duct tape one to the other. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't think that'll be patentable. <laughs> I I, I will test. That. <laughs> I will test that theory.
0: We did get a letter from somebody who was listening to the podcast and got to the part where we talked about the hot pocket in the microwave for a week. And he went to his microwave to reheat his cold cup of coffee. And there was a TV dinner that had been in there some number of days. But what he failed to recognize was the genius of my invention. If he was listening to his iPod on the podcast with the earbuds, he could have dropped the earbud right there in the coffee, heated it up, (laughs) wouldn't even have to go to the microwave. He also would
3: have put earwax in his coffee. He, and he would have singed his ear <laughs> with the
2: warm, wet willy. Warm, wet willy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a horrific warm but wet willy. But his coffee would have been warm. But he never would have found out about that moldering food <laughs> <Right>. in the <laughs> microwave.
3: Well, well uh, Mike Miller wrote in. First, I want to thank Mike because he's doing awesome for my fantasy team. Keep up the Trey Factor, my friend. Yeah, Mike
1: Miller of the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> yeah. wrote in. That's amazing. Yeah. He's a big fan. I tell you, yeah. He former, hit
3: like seven threes the other night. Yeah. Former Florida Gator, of course yeah. he He's, he's a great guy. Um, anyway, Mike Miller wants to see a glove invented that has the ability of any given feature. I'm, I'm picturing this kind of like a uh, Swiss Army knife because it yeah. can have flashlight, screwdriver, laser. And he says that at any given moment, you know, he, he would have inspector gadget-like abilities. And also, it would have the psychic bending powers l- like the mask that Arnold Schwarzenegger character wore in Total Recall. Which, I don't appreciate him taking yeah. cues from Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Who does that? <laughs> Surely no one I know.
0: Daniel Osborne says, I would like to see a robot that did perfect spot-on impressions of whoever you programmed it to impersonate. Think about it. No more lame Bush impersonators. No more stupid parodies by shows that are past their prime.
1: They, they have that at Disney World. <laughs> It's called yeah, it's the called the, Hall of the reason Presidents. why
0: impersonations are funny is because they're not perfect. Uh,
1: yeah, otherwise it's just the person the talking. Person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I would like to see some kind <laughs> like, of machine that would recite speeches previously given by other people. I believe that's called a tape recorder.
3: <laughs> so basically this this person
0: <laughs> this robot Yeah
3: called. basically this person wants cyborgs. Celebrity cyborgs. Yeah, no, it's they have them at Disney World. they yep. just go down there. Huh.
1: Tyler Margeson uh, Or Margeson I, I don't know what it is uh, He says He doesn't like the iron So uh, But he also doesn't like Wearing Who wrinkly does? shirts Who um, does So he wants to Have some sort of gadget That would be some sort of Closet mounted Steaming device That would make all <laughs> of his clothes Wrinkle free In 2003 While they hung in this closet And I'm thinking they have
2: steamers, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: what or he he's could saying,
0: just move, it, make his closet a steam room.
2: That's what I believe he's saying. Yeah. Now, the thing that I would like to point out, device.
1: so he wants a humidifier,
2: right? The yeah. thing I would like to point out is that your clothes will be covered in mold. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 So, well, well but then I, he and there'll he says, be naked people in your closet. The,
2: <laughs> old naked men <laughs> are just steaming themselves. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just like at the
1: y <laughs> well, but then he says, and due to Adam's request for some sort of unrelated dual functionality, it would also <laughs> dispense hot foam. For that ref- for that refreshing and soothing shape. And I'm thinking if it's a humidifier uh, creating a
2: steam closet, you don't want it just arbitrarily dispensing hot foam. Yeah, I don't yeah.
3: know. All you of of put that clothes. foam in there,
2: young man, you've sold me.
3: <laughs> okay. Where well, do I sign? I don't like doing laundry uh, I don't like doing ironing either, but I have something called a dryer that works good. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say a wife.
0: I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I was, but I erred on
3: the side of caution. So Ooh. Dana, thank Kara for yeah.
0: No, I'm just saying I wouldn't put it past you to say something <laughs> oh. horrible like that.
3: Well, the I, the <laughs> listeners are like, what?
1: Jesse? He's so nice and well mannered. He doesn't. Uh, you know, the listeners don't hear the unedited <laughs>
2: podcast. I have.
1: Yeah. I, you know, we record two and a half hours. I have to cut out an hour an hour and a half of Jesse's insult.
2: Just <laughs> constant, <laughs> constant gender bias and chauvinism, <laughs> and Kara's gay
3: bashing. That's, yeah. all hey.
1: That's all my edits. All my edits.
3: Marvin well. gay bashing. Right. <laughs> she she does not like. Does uh, I like know. motown yeah. not one bit <laughs> she's a marvin gay basher
2: yeah okay um, mark hevelin said uh his his she invention not see dream girls <laughs> his invention would be osmosis pillow version 2 with what? osmosis pillow version 1 which i guess
0: necessitates
2: that he invent that first. One could gain information (laughs) by putting their textbooks beneath their OPV1 to be ready for the following day's challenges. OPV2 has a USB port that connects to your iPhone. All you have to do is type in the subject that you would like to learn. In the morning, be ready to meet the day's challenges head
1: on. I'm sorry he's not being a good steward because he Mm -hmm. bought an iPhone and didn't send that money to Africa. (laughs) Yeah, that's
3: true, so sorry about that, Mark. Dan Roby has a similar idea. I imagine it works. The iPhone showed up on a lot of these quote-unquote inventions. Yeah, it showed (laughs) up on this one as well. Um, I would think of this. Now, this pillow somehow absorbs the information from the book and puts it into your head. Mm-hmm. because Dan Through waves or something yeah Dan right. Roby from St. Paul Minnesota uh, said that he had, he's, had, he's had this invention in his head for a long time that he would like a device that recorded his dream each night so he could watch Ooh. and show others the next morning maybe on his iPhone I like that I so like maybe it maybe it's like it just the, maybe if you turn the osmosis pillow upside down Instead of On the hands. other side it's a dream recorder. Yeah, it's exactly. reverse osmosis. Yeah. Reverse osmosis <laughs> pillow. There's
2: I I think that there's some kind of scientific precedent behind that.
3: So yeah. it really
1: is just still an osmosis pillow. You just have you to just turn, turn it the other yeah. way. Yeah, and it becomes a reverse osmosis and, pillow.
2: And it's nice and cool. You know, it's not all yeah. hot with your, your cranium heat. <laughs> yes. So it's kind of refreshing. Yes. From Jordan Wagner we have the gadget I would like to see I would most like to see would be a floating coffee mug. So you only hold it while you drink it, and then let go of it, and it just floats. I guess for people who work in environments where desks aren't allowed.
1: Tim Jackson thought he was going to be funny when he wrote in. And he said, uh, <laughs> I would love to see some sort of handheld device that could hold all of my music and possibly videos with a small little click wheel.
3: Uh, oh, clever, clever. Hilarious, Tim Jackson. For all that, for all that but Adam's, Adam's <laughs> invention reminded me, I saw this thing on, on one of these, you know tech or science (laughs) vlogs this guy this artist created a floating bed what oh yeah i saw that on magnets right and and it was really cool looking cost a million dollars and and he said it's he goes despite you know it looks really cool when it floats it's actually i can't sell any because they're very uncomfortable because the magnets are very hard to sleep on yeah yeah incredibly impractical yeah, but
2: cool. And if you kind of run and jump into bed, it probably scoots off the magnetic field <laughs> and crashes to the floor. And <laughs> you put a huge hole in your floor. Yeah. And erases your, your
0: memory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't put don't, your iPhone yeah, on
2: don't, there. Don't keep your, uh, your collection of videotapes next to it.
3: <laughs>
1: I, 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 uh, another
2: iPhone invention somebody put
1: on the message boards, actually, is a Terminator iPhone. Mm. And it's an, an iPhone that, awesome. that is also the Terminator Eye. So mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I buy that. Did you notice she that, would buy that? Well,
2: did you notice that the Terminator Eye <laughs> had targeted Jesse for assassination?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, it has Jesse's face on it. He made a he made a uh, uh, an example of what it would look like, and it says name Jesse Carey. Threat hardly. And it has his face. Mm-hmm. It's red. Has a crossbeam. It says eliminate. Reason a uh, failure to drink the bird smoothie. <laughs> so apparently, you have to be eliminated yeah. because you didn't eat
3: bird fecal matter. Mm. <laughs> is is this, Does this person work at a uh, smoothie,
0: smoothie shop <laughs> at
2: the airport? <laughs> it's, the it's, bird's just thirsty. Yeah. Give him a break. Yeah,
1: bird's Is it an drum. EYE was that, phone? Was that Gary Busey? No, <laughs> no it was, that was just, It was just an angry old guy. It must have guy. been Jeff
0: Goldblum. It was a, it
1: was a Scottish <laughs> angry the old guy. Was the the bird, it, it, it was Kellyanne McIver Sr. Yeah. Sean Williams wrote in, and he said he wants a cereal cup. He's frequently driving to work with a bowl of cereal and a cup of milk. I'll eat a little cereal, chew on a little, and then sneak some milk in my mouth so I can enjoy my cereal. Awesome to have a cup with two halves in it. One with cereal, one for milk. So they stay separate to avoid soggy cereal. Hmm. But if it's a cup with two halves, and you
3: tilt it back to eat the cereal, you'd be pouring milk on your face. That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe it would have a sippy... A sippy cup on one half, you know? So you could it would oh, have it a says, spout, a sorry, spout on it says on then,
1: uh, uh, then there would be a drink hole in the lid, like a coffee mug, that you could spin around to adjust the amount of cereal and milk coming into your mouth when you drink. Oh, that's it, brilliant. It obviously wouldn't work with bigger cereal, like frosted shredded wheat. But you could definitely enjoy your Honey Nut
2: Cheerios. Does that make sense?
3: It makes perfect sense. That's actually not a bad idea, but I don't know anyone who eats cereal like that.
2: Man, that makes more sense than anything I've ever heard. (laughs) Okay, Andrew Fell... Um he did? Again. He, okay? Jeez. <laughs> this he kid must this have, have in an inner ear, inner ear
1: problem. This
0: problem. happened last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Andrew Fell <laughs> is the guy who
1: wrote in that they saw Gary Busey at their church oh, yeah. on Christmas Eve.
0: Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, he just wanted to send a little update because of our questions about <laughs> who was he went about. He said Busey. Um, B- Busey was with his mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Busey wow.
3: was with his mom. With Do, Andrew's dot, mom or. B- or <laughs> he Whoa. said
1: Busey was with his mom or a very aging old woman. Aww. So <laughs> I really thought we'd make it
3: through this without Amy Busey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did too. I was that hopeful. wasn't me. See, I well, I'm just reading. I'm just telling I'm the me- no. I'm telling here. the message board people. It wasn't. It's not me. It comes up naturally. You
1: know? <laughs> okay, I just want to say we might have had last week's podcast all wrong, all wrong, because Naomi from Taiwan, who's in Taiwan. Uh, wrote in And said First off Thanks for the extra work On these podcasts I especially enjoy The best life now game mm. I live <laughs> in Taiwan And can't imagine How I'd ever have a chance To play this game mm. Now thanks to you I know what I'm not missing
2: <laughs> See we provided A valuable yeah. service For consumers
3: Because truly Out of the truly Negative emails I only saw one That was like That totally sucked All the rest Were bashing our Sports opinions So All maybe rest, other people Wait I didn't get
1: any of those So people were just Emailing you And bashing your Sports opinion No there they were messaging." D- d- down with it was the a gators. threat Oh Alright That's fine But still we want to move on Yeah Okay So that, that'll do it for For feedback For real now And uh, Now here with this week's Editorial question of the week
0: Editorial question of the week The question of the week This week is more of a directive <laughs> <laughs> We want to know What five songs What five one hit wonders Would you choose to make a Best of one hit wonders compilation
2: yeah so it's like you said it's a directive it's not so much asking it's telling yes. we're not saying <laughs> we're how demanding. do you feel we're saying do this yeah send us that
0: and the um i guess the best uh, list we might even play snippets of them on the podcast
2: people can aspire to that kind of greatness so
1: send us your answers to editorial at relevant or feedback at and on that note That'll do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Notice no sports. That's right. No know, gadgets, kinda. And only gadgets that people created. And yeah. no board games. So we're off to a good, you know, correcting course here. We're off to a good mm-hmm. start. So all right, well that'll do it for the podcast. I'm Cameron Strang.
0: I'm Carrie Davis.
1: I'm Jesse Carey. I'm
2: Ab Smith. We'll see you next
1: week.
3: Talking about the old folks, talking about the old stars too And we don't care about the wrong folks, talking about the wrong stars All we care about is talking, talking about me and
2: you